Performance Plus presents the Summit Club Podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders with your host, Bill Stats. Welcome to the SummitClubPodcast.com, a business roundtable. I'm your host, Bill Stats, along with fellow Summit Club contributor, John Thane. Hi, JT. Hey, great to be here, Bill. Looking forward to this. Another day in paradise. Today, we're fortunate to have with us another true sales elite, Holly Karazinski DeFanti, and she's here to share her view from the summit regarding the challenges of COVID-19 on her, her family, and her career. Uh, it seems like forever, but it's only been 17 to 18 really challenging months. And maybe talk about some of the shifts or adjustments or changes that she's made to preserve her personal success trajectory in spite of a lot of obstacles. Here's a little about Holly. I first met Holly about 10 years ago when she joined a consulting client of mine, CFO Publishing in Manhattan. Years later, she's now National Sales Director at the Business Journals. She's got a family, and like all of us, she's facing all the challenges of COVID-19 every day. What a full plate, so welcome, Holly. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to see you. It's great to be seen, and it's terrific to see you after, well, I guess, you've gone through and since the beginning of your career in Manhattan, being a working mom and the challenges that that brings with it. So how have you survived? I'm assuming you've survived these past 17, 18 months. How have I survived these past 17, 18 months? Well, well, I was in a unique situation right before the pandemic hit. I was about nine months pregnant, about to pop. Uh, March 30th, my little guy was due. So I was in a unique situation of where I was about to give birth. March 16th is when everything closed down. I was trucking into work, one world trade every day. So, you know, really during the beginning of the pandemic, the first three months I was on maternity leave. So I was really uh, stuck inside anyway. So it kind of worked out for me. Right. Did your schedule change? Oh, did it change? Well, having a newborn <laughs> <it> definitely changed. <laughs> <laughs> Having a newborn, it definitely changed. But, you know, going back into work, I was, you know, July came. So after three months of my maternity leave, I was able to go back. I was able to maintain help to watch the children. Uh, our caretaker was still willing to come from nine to five. So I was really blessed in that situation. The big thing that changed was the commute. I didn't have to commute into work anymore, which was great for a working mom because I was able to have those mornings and, and evenings with my kids. But living the apartment life was rough. But I, did have the blessing of being able to mooch off my husband's private office. So I still was able to get up and try to keep things as normal as you could in during these times, still be able to get my drink, my iced coffee and listen to my podcast on the way to work, um, a little walk around the corner. So it adjusted a little bit with just not having to commute into the city anymore, which honestly for a working mom, it was, it was a Huge. plus. <laughs> it was a plus for me. It, as, as horrible as this pandemic and and things were, and there were a lot of rough times for everybody. And, and it makes it a struggle for working moms, because especially if you're in sales and on virtual calls and having children screaming in the backgrounds. I don't know how most moms did it in certain times, but I was blessed to have that meeting room to go into and really kind of plan, okay, I'm going to go in the morning to do my meetings or in the afternoon and, and things like that. Hey, Holly, this is John. I have to admit, I've, I've been rendered speechless here for the first few minutes to think of having a baby in the COVID, COVID hitting at virtually the same time. Uh, it just has scrambled my thoughts there for a second. But once you got back on your feet from two really one outstanding and one devastating event simultaneous, what 
how did your goals and objectives change? Once I got back, how did goals and objectives personally or work-wise? Well, you know, it's appropriate to deal with both. I think they became in, really yeah. integrated during a time like uh, the COVID mm-hmm. and with new sun. You know, personally, uh, and I think everybody handled this pandemic different for what they were comfortable with. Personally, I, I didn't want to live in fear. I, I didn't want my boys to live in fear. So, you know, I continue to just try to keep a fun environment for them, keep them outside and go for a long walk and really just keep them out and about. That was one main thing. And personally, career-wise, it didn't stop me. I still wanted to, I have Bill knows, I, I continuously always want to grow, expand and not stop moving up that ladder career-wise. So I think that's kind of just, it didn't stop me. I didn't want to be fearful and just had to push through it, although it was very different. Well, at some, yeah, at some point, you made a transition a, a little further away from Manhattan, North Jersey now, in a suburb, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So I guess to some degree, the walks and the outdoor stuff was a little bit easier for you with the family than it would have been if you were in an apartment in Hoboken or whatever. Yes. Uh, so I was willing to hold on to apartment city life till the day I died because, um, well, I was, because my office again is in one world trade in the city. So I live in, I lived in Hoboken apartment life all the way from first child, second child busting out of the seams. And I didn't care. I didn't care that, that toys were everywhere in my living room because as a working mom, my commute was only 25 minutes door to door. I was able to have breakfast with my kids and dinner with my kids. That's important to me and a lot of moms, I'm sure. And so moving to suburbs was a no-no. I I wasn't doing an hour and a half commute, an hour and a half back, but this pandemic definitely shifted that. That was the main thing that kept me in the city was the commute. And I'm like, why am I going to stay here? Listen to the 20-year-olds partying above me, (laughs) the dog barking (laughs) on the side of me, lugging two kids up and down an elevator. Like those minute things that I would have continue to deal with, but it was the commute. And so, yeah, we made that pull and we moved out to Cedar Grove, New Jersey, right? Right out of Montclair. It's the closest suburb life to the city. I could still see the city, the skyline. So I, you know, I didn't panic that much. It did it. it, it this pandemic pushed us to move out to the suburbs. Uh, and, and really it's because I haven't had to commute in a year and a half. So this past year and a half, I haven't had to do the commute. It ends when we go back, we talk about hybrid. I think it's going to be less of having to go into the city. Book you know, three days of your meetings during the week. So it kind of, again, perfect for a working mom situation, I think. You know, it's, it's interesting, JT. Holly's going to cringe, especially since we're recording. I can remember when I first met her and she was part of a team. There were a number of younger folks. It didn't matter what their compensation was. The, the point that I wanted to bring up was in, in Manhattan 10 years ago, you had to bring your lunch. I mean, if you're one of the folks like Holly, because you couldn't afford, who's going to go to Prep de Manger and spend $28 on a chicken salad sandwich and an iced tea, you know? I mean, yeah. it, it was really tough living. And I know she loved the life, but she also shared with me, he said, all I want is a doorman and a, and a life. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, you might hear me talking that I'm living, I currently was living in a high rise, nice doorman building. But yes, you better believe when 15 <laughs> plus years ago, I could not afford that. And you're right, I couldn't afford myself. I used to actually have to call AT&T and ask them not charge my card for my phone bill, which was what, $80 at that time, $60 maybe, to not charge it that month because I couldn't afford it. So, so that brings us though to my 22 year old days, my dream of, I'm a Philly girl, by the way, 
<laughs> John, um, I, I think you're in Philadelphia, right? As well. Mm-hmm. Okay, born and raised Philly girl. My dream was to move to New York ever since high school in New York. And I, we, my best friend and I, and my parents were New York. How are you going to afford New York? And they were right. How, how the heck am I going to afford that? Uh, so Bill knows this. I had to work two jobs. You know, I had to get my foot in the door. I actually started as an IT recruiter, but then a receptionist at OK Magazine. Um, anything to get my foot in the door, but that wasn't paying New York rent at all. So I actually was a bottle server Friday and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. So I worked Monday through Friday as a receptionist day job at OK Magazine. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, bottle serving. And I got to tell you, I probably mean more bottle serving than I do now. Um, <laughs> that money, that cash flow that used to come in back in the day from the clubs. And I, one bottle of Grey Goose that you buy for $60 in the liquor store. We sold it for $400, one bottle, Grey Goose. And you automatically get 20% tips. So that's $80, right? You, I would sell 10 bottles a night. I was making easily, I was walking out easily a night, $800 to $1,000 cash. So that would pay my rent right there. And I, I did that for a while and saved a lot. I actually had to open up another bank account because I had a joint account with my mom. I didn't want her to see how much money was flowing in. <laughs> uh, I was taking trips to Vegas, LA, not telling her this young little girl, but I'm so I hustled. I had to hustle. It started from the bottom, hustled, and and it all panned out. It finally worked out where I can now don't have to call AT&T and tell them not to swipe my credit card for my phone bill. <laughs> That's great. You wish the bill was still $80, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's funny you say that. This is a true story. Uh, I'm on a family plan from when I was, I don't even know, 16, literally with my mom, dad, and sister, and none of us will break it because it's fathered in. And I've tried to break it. My husband is saying, Holly, we're our own family now. We should have you on our own bill. And I, but I called him like, I can't roll it over. I'm, we're each only paying about $50 each a month. I, I tried to, if I back out of it, cause it's under my name, it will ruin it for everybody. So I'm stuck on this family plan still to pay $50 a month. Understood. You know, it's interesting. I used to commute to New York as well. And from this, from Philadelphia. From Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes. And that three hours a day was it was a, it was a big investment in your career and and your life as well. For a period, I worked remotely, and as much as I thought that three hours was a, a huge investment I was making, when I didn't do it, I missed certain things. What what were your feelings when you no longer had to commute? What did you miss? I mean, and the biggest thing that I think drives every little girl back, back when I was a little girl's dream to move to New York is New York's alive. The life of something about, you know, it can burn you out and you're like, why do I live in this city? And you'll go on a vacation somewhere and then you'll just realize something about, and it always will be, New York is just alive from the restaurants to the businesses, the hustle and the bustle, nothing. And this is, maybe I'm biased, but because I'm a city girl at heart, but Nothing beats that hustle and bustle and that that drive that it brings. And they, New York has always been where if you want to be something big in your career, that's where you go to grow. And and I truly believe that. I still do. And and I see it coming back to life now, even during this pandemic. It was really sad just to see how quiet it got. It was wild. One world trade. I forget why I had to go in. Well, because I gave birth at NYU. So I think I had to go in for a checkup afterwards during maternity leave when everything was shut down. I had to commute in, not a soul on the path train, not a soul on the subway. I was texting my husband. This is creepy, but because yeah. I'd be nine months pregnant. I could barely fit in the subway. 
people weren't even giving me their seat, a seat to sit down on. <laughs> they weren't. I actually took a picture and posted it on Instagram. Couldn't believe it, but like, that's just how it was. No one, it was hustle bustle. So just the life of it. I, I definitely miss that, that drive, that hustle and bustle. You know, what's funny. There's a movie called Family Man with Nick Cage. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a Christmas type movie. You, you check it out. It's, it's interesting, but he speaks as president of an investment firm in Manhattan about Dina DeLuca and a hot cup of coffee and a warm roll and the newspaper under his arm. And it's like, that's Manhattan. I mean, it gets in your head. And Dina DeLuca was right across the street from us at CFO. Oh, I, I live with <laughs> Dina DeLuca. But I, you know what I still did and still to this day when I go into the city is I go to my cart guy, my morning cart guy. I don't go to Starbucks. I don't go to Dunkin' Donuts. My cart guy and I pay cash. It's a dollar twenty-five. It's like the cheapest coffee, but the best coffee <laughs> still they've ever ever had. I, I when I went in for on maternity leave on a, on my checkup to NYU, I specifically went all the way back to Midtown. His cart is right where CFO Publishing was, um, right in Midtown by Diamond District. And you know, and you know what's really funny? Law and Order. If you ever watch that show, they always go to the same cart guy for coffee. The cup is a blue and white cup. They all, Jack, whatever the hell his name is, takes the top off, puts the sugar in every day. Just like, dude, go in there. Yeah. Well, John, to answer your, to another add-on to that, that answer to your question, my cart guy. I miss my coffee cart guy. Well, you know, it's funny. In New York, you find ways to make a gigantic city small. And whether it's your deli guy, your cart guy, it, it seems to work. I'll tell you, one of the things I noticed, I was in the fashion industry. And when I didn't commute to New York, I felt like I lost touch with what was going on because I would walk by all of the major stores on Fifth Avenue. I would cut through Macy's on my way to the train. Train. I would see people on the streets. And all of a sudden you realized what was, what was happening in the fashion world and what direction to take your product lines toward and what designers were we're making a statement. So what experiences did you have, you know, aside from missing your coffee guy? You're right. Well, you know what? And that's why I hated maternity leave. Cause I feel like you, you're out of touch with everything. I'm a little bit different than a lot of moms, the type that wants to work, <laughs> that wants to have that career and something else kind of just what drives me and what I like to focus on. When you weren't there, I mean, obviously there's, there's the social connections, but business wise, what did you feel that did not get working remote being in sales those in-person meetings that was my drive my motivation every day and I still believe I do a lot of virtual calls a lot but there's something about in person and it's starting to come back I actually have a couple clients that requested lunch and I right away I'm like yes let's go to Nobu downtown in the city um so I, I'm excited about that that is that in person nothing beats an in-person connection than than just as virtual, but just to stay in touch with everything going on. And again, being on maternity leave plus a pandemic, it was double ban. I found, I still do it today because every day, again, I'm still isolated. I, I'm, I'm by myself, not into the office, not doing that commute still. I go out for a run a couple times a week, uh, about two or three times a week. I do other exercises, but I do those runs because I stay tuned to podcasts, like your podcasts, listening to your podcast keeps me up to speed on on what's going on in the world, business world, and and different uh, industries. But just other podcasts uh, really need that time. And I feel like even my gossip ones, I feel like I got my um, I was able to get the update for that week of what's going on, celebrity wise, business world wise, just in the world. That's kind of how I've been trying to maintain the norm, the new norm. Let me ask you a question about 
I guess in a way, I feel like I know you. And when you talk about things right now, they ring clear to maybe either conversations or observations I've had in the past about your motivation. And, you know, you're going to get it done no matter what happens. I can't imagine anything, almost nothing can really stop you. You're working, leading a team. Do they see in you things that they emulate? Do you have frustration trying to get them to see that, look, don't don't do what I do, just follow what I do? Or are you challenged by people that don't understand you and don't understand what's made you successful? I hired a girl because I felt she had my drive. Uh, on the interview, she said she looked up to her grandma who started her own tech mobile business and she wanted to be that. And that reminded me a lot of myself. So you need to surround yourself with a team of hard, ambitious workers. And then Billy, you know, that's how I have been. Uh, what, what motivates me and drives me is my children. And I think even with, even pre-children, even before my husband, I knew I always wanted to build a foundation where I didn't have to worry about money, a roof over my head and food because, and Bill knows this, John, you don't know, but I grew up from a single mom divorced. She had a four-year-old, my older sister and me, six months old, divorced in a house, not working. How is she going to pay this? My dad was the bad guy, uh, you know, running around doing bad things. So she was left alone and I've watched her and, but she's made me who I am today. She is the strongest woman and just watched her push through that and hustle, bustle. She used to clean houses just to get, uh, you know, bread on the table. I remember we would wait and, and, but it's been something that I just recently opened up about and I never used to talk about it. I, we would wait in a long line that she would say is the bank to, I don't know, we're at the bank, right? And now that I'm older, that she didn't tell me until about my twenties that we were actually waiting in line every week for food stamps. I didn't know that. So Long story short, growing up on, on food stamps and from a single mom, but just watching how strong she was, I told myself, I, I don't want to have to live in this worry. And when I bring kids into this life, I, I want to be able to provide, have a roof over their head, feed them, man or no man. Even if it was just me, myself living this life, I wanted that. And so that's my motivation and my drive. And so I have that strong ambition and work ethic. So uh, Brooke is who, who we hired, one of our sales reps. When she came in and said that, I, I saw me and she was younger. She may have not had all the contacts and everything that you, you know, you want someone to come in with their good old rolling down. <laughs> but when she said that, I, I, I saw that drive in her that reminded me of myself. And, and she is, she's one of our best and she's the hardest worker probably out of everybody. So that's what motivates me. I mean, I'm, once again, you've rendered me almost speechless over here. And I'm already thinking about our next podcast which comes to motivation and mentoring. Mm -hmm. And you were so fortunate to get two right at home. Yeah. JT, it's funny that I remember, and I think I mentioned that I remember this conversation with Holly's boss at the time, Lisa Short. Holly was sitting there, it was her birthday. I don't remember the day of the week her birthday was, but I remember we were sitting there on a Monday. I used to go up to New York on Monday and work with CFO. And, and she said, I went out to dating a guy and they, he took her out for her birthday on Friday night or whatever. And she said, I had to pay for my own dinner on my birthday. And listen, I looked at each other. And it's well, like, yeah, yeah. sure. You're an asshole. I date a lot of assholes. <laughs> I remember. All I'm looking for is a nice guy and a doorman, you know. And I think, I think there's so many things that we could explore going forward. 
I think a lot of what we're talking about today is real world stuff that people out there understand. And, and the pandemic, in some cases, changed things for the better in that it, it forced not just Holly, but but other people to look at different ways to accomplish things that that might have looked on, not even been visible before because you just didn't have to think about it. It was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go and have a meeting or whatever. And now it's like, oh, it's macro. I can't do this. I can't do that. Anything you think we should talk about before we wrap up and set a a goal of having another podcast, Holly? I I mean, to roll into a, another podcast, a, a good leave off is just, you know, chase, chase those dreams. If someone, if you want to move to New York, if you want to follow your dreams, even if your mom's saying, how are you going to afford that? And everyone's saying that's impossible. Just it, it is possible. And you don't need a, a mommy or daddy or anybody to help you to do it. You could do it on your own. You know, it's, Amen. <laughs> It seems that certainly chasing your dreams and a lot of the positive influences has been with you your whole life. And and that's really fortunate, tremendously fortunate. Leave us with a positive thought that you brought from specifically from COVID. Someone called them a few weeks ago, the COVID keepers. What's yours? And my positive thought is stay is staying healthy and just, you know, spending that more quality time with family and your kids. And boy, it really has given us, that's how I look at it in a positive light. It's really allowed me to have more time with my husband. Oof. And, uh, <laughs> and my kids. Who you've described in a number of occasions as a really good guy. He is. Uh, you don't have to pay for your, your dinner at, uh, on your birthday? <laughs> he, he did pay for my dinner. Although, you know, he ghosted. They call it ghosting. He ghosted me after our second date for two weeks. He didn't talk. He didn't text, call, or talk. And I had to text him. And, you know, most girls would have just walked away. And they were all my girlfriends were like, don't you dare text him. Move on. And I texted him. And I... And I, I had to have peace of mind. I had to say, do you have a wife or a girlfriend? I just need to know. Why, why aren't you talking to me? And, you know, then he, he had a nice schmoozy answer and offered to take me out. And, and then the rest was history from that after third date. But I, I think he liked Terrific. my It Sounds like you're both very lucky. <laughs> yes. and, and you know what's interesting? That's the same attitude you take to your business. You have a prospect that's not calling you back. I can remember 10 years ago. It's like, well, don't do that. Let them cut. It's like, no, I wonder what the hell's going on. Why, why are they calling me back? And uh-huh. it's like, this is the woman that, that's on it. This is the woman that ran around Central Park. I don't know how many times because the New York Marathon was canceled when Boston blew up. Mm-hmm. And, and I said to you, I, maybe Lisa, I get a, I sponsored, gave some money to the New York, whatever, running club. What yeah. is it? Roadrunners. Roadrunners. For, for to sponsor them and they sent me a pair of running shoes my size i still can't figure it out with the new york marathon that to me if there was a takeaway it's like you are, you are not stopping me i don't care what happens that's our holly mm-hmm. persistence persistence is key we'll never stop well thanks for sharing these these thoughts with us today jt we're gonna have to figure out how we bring holly back for the next installment of not so much surviving the pandemic, but reaching your dreams. For Bill Stats, JT, John Thane, and for Holly Karazinski-Fantini, it's uh, another finish to a successful podcast. Leave your comments on the website, summitclubpodcast.com. Right in the center at the top, it says talk at summitclubpodcast.com. Let us know what you think.
what you'd like more of, what you'd like less of. We'll see you at the top. Say goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Holly. To learn more about the Summit Club podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. Thanks for listening to the Summit Club podcast, and we'll see you at the top. podcast was recorded, produced, and engineered by summitclubpodcast.com.